0: Well, hello, I'm Doug Apple, back with another special interview for you today. Did you lose your Medicaid coverage? The headline from NBC News says millions lost their Medicaid coverage when pandemic protections expired in the spring. The article goes on to say the nation's health insurance system is undergoing tremendous upheaval, as an estimated 8.2 million people will need to find new coverage Since pandemic protections for Medicaid enrollees came to an end this spring, that's leaving many patients confused about how to get new medical insurance. And in this from NPR, Medicaid grew dramatically during the pandemic. Just a few months ago in March, the number of people on Medicaid was 93 million. That's about one fourth of the people in the United States on Medicaid. Which is the government health program for people with low incomes and for some with disabilities. So if you're listening and you had the Medicaid coverage during a pandemic and you just lost your Medicaid coverage, one option for you is the nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry called Share Healthcare. You can find more information at sharehealthcare.com. You've been hearing their ads perhaps here on wave 94. And we like to talk to Mike Sharman, the legal counsel for share Healthcare, And he's on the phone line with us right now. And Mike, what about these people who have lost their Medicaid coverage and maybe you can kind of give us a little wrap up on what was that all about? What was the government doing? Why did they expand it? Why did it contract and then get down to how it's affecting individuals these days?
1: Well, if everybody remembers that the onset of COVID, the government was literally throwing money at everything, mm-hmm. at the companies, at individuals, uh, at families, just throwing just throwing money out there. Uh, people were making more money being unemployed than they ever had been being employed. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. That's literally the case.
0: Yeah, I know some people uh, that were in that.
1: Yeah, they were sending out the $3,000 to everybody, the stimulus checks, whether they needed it or not. Um, you know, we got a stimulus check of $3,000. I have, I have no need for the government to subsidize me. And we talked to our accountant. how do we do that? So they were just throwing this money out there. Okay, with the Medicaid expansion, they did the same thing. They expanded Medicaid to allow in people who had no financial need and who were not disabled. They had been able to afford their health care before, however they wanted to, but it just expanded it and expanded it way beyond uh, any uh, poverty level or any or low income or even middle income. And so these were people who then could afford uh, their own health care and the ones who are dropped now can still afford their own health care. If they couldn't afford their own health care, they'd be able to be on Medicaid or one of the other subsidized insurance programs. Um, so it it was just a an an inexcusable expansion of, of government assistance to people who really didn't need government assistance. But I don't mean to be harsh or unfeeling about that, but that is simply the case of what that expansion was about. So now there's 8.2 million people out there. Um, looking for what else to do. Well, one thing those articles that you mentioned, Doug, tells them to do is, well, since you are now taken off of one government subsidized program, Medicaid, how about looking at another government subsidized program, the uh, health marketplaces, which are private insurers, but they are subsidized by the government, which is why those premiums are relatively low. What a lot of people that get on those don't know is that it also has co-pays and a relatively high deductible. Okay, so that's the individual problem to it. But what about the um, character problem, the emotional problem, and the social problem? This is the social problem. Let's go backwards. social problem is why should the rest of America pay for people's care who could pay for themselves? Mm. And why isn't the body of Christ doing what Christ had told us to do about people who do need help? And then character problem. If we're saying, I have to have assistance in this area because I want it, not because I need it, because I want it. Well, that creates, that's a real character problem. Can't you stand on your own two feet? If you have a financial need, all right, well, we do have a lot of government programs for that. Plus, again, the body of Christ is supposed to help that way. And then individually, when we, as let's say myself as a father, um, if, if I'm able to earn and yet I'm depending on others to provide for my children, one, I'm going against scripture that tells me that if I don't provide for my own, I'm worse than heathen. Mm. Um, but then also, as my children looking on, they're thinking they're taken as an example. Well, then, I guess we need to look to others to take care of us and government to take care of us because we can't and or don't want to. And that socialism, which then becomes communism. I mean, that is the definition of it. Medicaid is the socialist program. How expansive it is. Just as the pervasive reach of socialism, the health marketplaces are socialism. Socialism is that government either owns or controls the the means or or the per, the product of uh, the marketplaces. That's exactly what the marketplace exchanges, and we aren't seeing that for what it is. We aren't seeing how it undermines what had been the American way of by your own individual merit. You are able to have your, your own individual fruit. And by your own individual demerit, you have your own individual consequence, which is completely blown past that.
0: I mean, that's the American dream. It is. And then it's
1: tempered by the compassion of Christianity. You know, we have the scriptures, um, that Galatians six, four to six, that uh, it specifically says, one shall bear his own load. You're supposed to carry the loads you can carry, and then we we have the other. So you know, how we are supposed to come along and help those that have a burden that's too hard for them? You know, Galatians five thirteen, serve one another. First Corinthians twelve twenty five, care for one another, and then the verse a lot of uh, healthcare sharing ministries use Galatians six two, bear one another's burden. And we can look up that original word of what burden was in the Greek, and it was a load that was too big for you to carry yourself, that one man could not carry. It needed more. So let's use uh, an analogy of a grocery store. So you're at a grocery store, um, the person ahead of you is walking out carrying one bag of groceries, and and they say, I don't feel like carrying this bag here. You carry it for me. Would any of us accept that? Of course not. And yet that's what many of these socialist models of, of healthcare that are being imposed upon us are telling us to do. And if we see, though, a person walking out of the store trying to juggle, they forgot to leave it in their cart and they're walking out and they're trying to juggle three bags of groceries, we, of course, should come up to them and say, can I help you with that? Can I take one of those for you? I mean, that's what a society does. That's what Christians do. Mm-hmm. And it makes life so much sweeter. Now, some may say, and and Doug, you had mentioned this when we were off air, but isn't that really what government is about? Isn't that what the taxation and all that is about? No. Sticking with our our grocery store analogy, it's as if when we um, had the person walking out with one bag of groceries, the policeman came up and said, "Uh, I think that person's tired. You must carry their bag of groceries. Well, then we have that mandate, which is what taxation is. It's a mandated taking of your money. Or with the the person carrying three bags, the policeman comes along and says, you must carry that third. Well, there's a huge difference between giving with a cheerful heart Mm -hmm. and having a dictator tell you you must do this. And we as a society, we as a culture, really need to get back to both our democratic roots of each person being equal, each person having an equal responsibility, each person having an equal set of rights, no greater or lesser than the person next to them. And that's based upon Christianity.
0: I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'm going to remind people what we're doing here. But I want you to talk more about the character issue. And I'm going to use this illustration and then let you think for a second. But the idea that, I've run into people here in Florida who are in Florida because they got on disability. So they're getting paid by the government because they quote, can't work. And yet they could work, but they would rather just be, you know, in their mind retired on the government money in a sense. And they're out fishing. And, uh, you know, I often thought, well, if there was like, uh ex-cons will have a parole officer that they have to check in with. <laughs> if you're on disability and you had a disability parole officer, they would be caught out there wrangling big fish in the g- Gulf when they're supposedly can't get out of bed or whatever. But anyway, uh, I'll remind our listeners, we're talking with Mike Sharman of Share Healthcare. And especially on the idea that if you lost your Medicaid coverage, Share Healthcare might be an option for you. And Mike will give the details here in a minute. After you comment on the idea of of having good character and what that looks like, especially when it comes to taking government money.
1: We have the, the scripture that tells us if, if anyone would not work, don't let him eat. We're supposed to be working for our own food, not taking it from somebody else if we can. Mm-hmm. And when we work on our own and earn our own food, we feel good about ourselves. Mm. I've I've never met a dependent person who could do something else but was dependent who was happy about themselves. And if we want to be truly kind, then we want to help people feel best about themselves and maximize their own abilities. So if somebody is able to work and doesn't, then... What they've done is they've reduced themselves. They've lowered themselves below what they can be, and we don't want that for somebody. We want to help people be the best that they can be. Mm -hmm. So, what do we? How do we do that? Well, you have carrot and a stick. You know, we make sure that people are able to get the value um, of their work and be able to have the opportunities to work. But we also want to, we necessarily have to let them have the consequence of, but if you don't work, you don't get paid. Mm-hmm. And then that also ties into the, um, the, the rule of law. Okay. The rule of law, as you just mentioned in Florida, is you, you can, um, get through some loopholes and be able to be on disability. And yet you can actually be capable of working. And that's the rule of law, but it misses the rule of the law under God. That scripture that tells us if, if anyone, uh, would not work, don't let them eat. Okay. So we're, we're creating all sorts of dependencies. We're creating all sorts of, um, more ghettos than we've ever had because I mean, by ghettos, I mean groups of areas of, of dependent people who are on, um, different government subsidization, but they have this huge opportunity cost in there of, well, but if I go out and work and earn just a little bit more than what I am, then I lose this subsidized thing, that subsidized thing. And it makes sense, it's rational, but it reduces them. They don't maximize themselves because they're held back by the opportunity cost of losing the various government um, provisions that they have.
0: And Mike, one thing that pops into my mind, and I think you're familiar with this, and that is our Indian reservations.
1: Mm-hmm. And the Navajos right now are getting really ticked off at the Biden administration because the Biden administration closed off so much of the Navajo reservation to any sort of um, ac- productive activity there. And the Navajo, reservation, the Navajo government is saying, wait a second, are we sovereign or are we not? We have resources that we want to use so that we can employ our people, provide for our people. It's right here under our land, and you, the federal government, are telling us we can't get at it. And that patronizing idea of the people in Washington know better for the the native populations that are in the Dakotas, in Wyoming, Montana, New Mexico, Arizona, et cetera, uh, than they do themselves. And because we Put them literally, put them on the reservation when we first created them. We reserved from them the ability to maximize who they were hmm. okay when we before the uh, Trail of Tears, there were East Coast Indians who were assimilating into the uh American culture and doing well financially um and yet. We wanted their land, I'd say we as the 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 white European group, and so Andrew Jackson gathered them all up and marched them across the United States. and that's been that patronizing idea that we've had that we'll, we're we know what better for you or we want what you have, and so we're going to take it. All right, so the government now is uh, They aren't marching us across different places, although during COVID they were prohibiting us from going to church, et cetera, (laughs) forcing us to stay in our homes in our own little individual reservations. But they are saying, we're going to take what you have. We're going to take your money. Now, if anybody's noticed, the amount of taxation that we have is more than what Pharaoh taxed his slave. Hmm. He said that they can have, what was it, 20% or that he would take 20% of whatever they grew. Well, we have much more than that of our taxation, total taxation. You get in your car that you paid taxes on after you paid taxes on the income that you earned. Mm -hmm. You're driving on it on tires that have serious amount of taxes on those tires when you buy the tires. You go buy gas, which has taxes on it. You pick up those groceries, which have taxes on them. You carry it into your house, which has uh, an ongoing real estate tax. You you add all these things up, it's a whole bunch more than 20%. It doesn't matter what tax bracket you're in. You're paying more than 20% of your income. You're, you're paying more than Pharaoh's Plays did. Mm. Nobody owns anything in America. You don't own your car, you pay taxes on it. Right. You don't own your land, you pay taxes on it. If you think you own your, your home free and clear, go ahead and try not to pay taxes on it, see what happens.
0: That's, eventually, the men with guns will show up.
1: To evict you if you choose not to go, because mm-hmm. they will take the real estate. Now, how do we back out of this? We back out of it by again recognizing we need to have the rule of law under God. Well, what was God's rule? Well, those ones we just mentioned. Each one bears his own load. Then we're supposed to though also just serve one another, care for one another, and bear one another's burdens. They amount they can't care themselves. So Doug, this is where we come back to what share healthcare all about. It's a five hundred one c three Nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry. We're like passing the plate across the nation or across the nominational line. We're a, a medical co-op to help one another take care of their medical expenses. They're medically necessary, biblical, uh, uh, biblically honored, let's say, medical expenses. We don't share in the cost of abortions. We don't share in the cost of abortive patients. We don't share in the cost of gender destruction or disruption. Um, you know, if somebody gets cancer, breaks a leg, et cetera. We share those costs, uh, and how much does it cost? One hundred forty-nine for a single, two forty-nine for a couple per month, of course. Three forty-nine for a family, four, and fifty dollars for every child after that. Well, why is it so much less than in insurance? It's literally eighty-one percent less than the average cost of insurance. Why is that? Well, because this is a group of people who are trying to bear their own load and live by biblical principles. You do that, things wind up costing a whole lot less money.
0: Well, how can people find out more information?
1: Well, glad you asked, Doug. So, the easy thing to do is remember our name, Share Healthcare, and go to sharehealthcare.com or they can call 1-844-SHARE-HC. 1-844-SHARE-HC.
0: All right. Thank you very much. And if you ever hear just part of these interviews and you want to find the rest of it, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast. There's a Share Healthcare with Mike Sharman podcast available out there on your favorite podcast app. So you can check that out if you just heard, say, the tail end of this or any other interview with uh, Mike Sharman and you can hear past interviews there. That's Mike Sharman. And for Wave 94, I'm Doug Apple.